Welcome to the Kanoi Church Podcast. We're glad that you're interested in connecting through this teaching time. If you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out to us through our website, kanoichurch.org. For now, enjoy this teaching from Kanoi Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. This past week, our Sunday service was a Q&A session where Scott Boyer took the time to interview me. Uh, I was on the hot seat to answer some questions about a variety of things. And for this morning's devotional, I actually want to kind of stay in that same uh, mindset and do a bit of a Q&A with you. Um, I, I think there's some questions that I, I really do want to answer. And I think they're questions that kind of, you know, uh, we all want to know the answer to, especially given everything that's going on right now. Um, one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, what does the Bible say about racism? And uh, we should all care about this issue. Our, our world, our country is in turmoil for a lot of reasons. It's not just a singular reason. As a believer in Jesus, as someone who follows his teachings, we should all care about those who are oppressed, who are persecuted, um, those who are underprivileged, those who um, those who the system works against. Those are people that we should care about because you know what? Interestingly enough, this is a hard perspective to have sometimes. Jesus wasn't on the side of the empire when he walked this earth. Jesus would have been one of the people who was oppressed, who was marginalized, who was persecuted. The Jews were thought of as kind of like an annoyance, a gnat, a bug to the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire killed them. The Roman Empire put them into slavery, made them, like they passed actual laws that said if a Roman soldier asked you to carry his bag for a mile, then as a Jew, you had no choice but to do this very thing. So Jesus, Jesus wasn't a part of the, the powerful side. He was a part of the oppressed. And so as, as people who follow Jesus, as we identify with Jesus, as we try to apply his teachings to our life, we should care very much about those who are marginalized, whether they be black, whether they be Hispanic, whether they be immigrants, whether they be um, people who are destitute, people who are homeless. We need to care about those. And so that's why I want to say we should care. What does the Bible say about racism? Well, the Bible doesn't really say anything about racism. Uh, that's the first answer. That's like the black and white. That's the, let's go to the Bible and look for the word racism. Let's pull out our uh, concordance and look for that word to appear somewhere. Pull out your Bible app and do a search for racism. And nothing is going to come up in that search. That's just the simple truth. But that doesn't mean that the ideology doesn't exist there. One of the things that we have to recognize is when we do a translation of the Bible, that's already interpretation of the Bible. Everybody reads the Bible and has their own interpretation. You and I could sit down at a Bible study and be studying a passage, and we would come at it from two different ways, two different perspectives, two different understandings of what the scripture is saying. Well, when a person translates the Bible, they're already making a conscious decision uh, to interpret it in a way that fits their paradigm, 
And so here's a here's a good example. This is one of my favorite examples. Um, scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? Well, the word for vengeance isn't even really vengeance. The word there, um, we translate it as vengeance. And then when we, we memorize it as vengeance, and when we kind of interpret our theology of like, well, Jesus says I shouldn't get revenge here on earth, just let it up to him because Jesus is going to take care of whatever persecution or injustice that has happened on earth. He's going to like, they're going to burn in hell or something like that's what we we kind of think and we say. But the truth is the word vengeance actually is better translated as reorder. It's like God is saying, reordering is mine. Like God's saying, yeah, don't worry about that. Like that person persecuted, they hurt, they hurt you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to put everything in its correct order. Like that's what it says, not vengeance. We don't have this picture of God somehow coming down with a sword and slaying the person who was mean to you. We have a picture of a God who says, I'm going to put things in the correct order. And that correct order doesn't have persecution and injustice. I'm going to arrange it the way I meant for it to be arranged. And so when we translate even just that scripture, there's already interpretation there. And so I I want to say that to tell you, this is my interpretation. Um, When I say that the Bible doesn't say about racism, that's true. But let me tell you what it does talk about. It talks about favoritism. So in the book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, James, an early leader in the church, James, who was there at the founding of the church in Jerusalem, he says that we should not show favoritism in our worship services. And he's specifically talking about money. He's talking about it from an economic point of view. He says, when a rich person comes in and someone who is poor come into the same worship service, those who lead the worship service should not treat either one of them any different because the person who has money and the person who doesn't have money, they it's not like having money means you contribute more. The person who doesn't have money contributes in their own way. And we see this even in the life of Jesus when he tells a story about these uh, this, this widow who gives everything she has. There's a, a religious leader who puts money, a, a large sum of money at the synagogue. And then this widow comes along, a widow who has doesn't have two pennies to rub together, essentially, but she gives every single thing she has. And, uh, and Jesus says, which one of them gave more? And it's kind of a trick question because you think, well, the person who gave the large sum of money obviously gave more. And he says, no, actually, this woman gave far more. She gave everything she had to this. And that's part of what Jesus's call is on our life. He says, look, when you come to me, I want it all. I don't just want a piece of you. I don't just want a portion of you. I don't want a little corner in your heart. I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be something else and a follower of Jesus. I deserve first place in your life and I deserve your whole heart. And so Jesus, he demands that. He demands the whole thing. So when the Bible doesn't say anything about racism, yeah, the word racism doesn't show up, but favoritism does. And we see it clearly throughout. Jesus says, don't show favoritism. And so racism, while the word may not be in the Bible, the idea that one person is better than another person is absolutely incorrect and it's absolutely false. It doesn't make any sense with the kingdom of God. And here's one more reason why that is. The kingdom of God, when you think about it, go all the way back to the beginning. And the Garden of Eden, who was with God? Well, 
First, God was with himself. In the beginning, the spirit hovered over the mass, and it was just God. And we, we learn later that um, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So our, our God, our triune God, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and God the Son, Jesus, are all together at the very beginning. And then they share this kingdom, this existence with Adam, Adam. Adam means man. And then they say, well, it's not good for man to be alone. Let's, let's make Eve. And so man and woman now share this place with God. Well, it's not quite good enough yet, right? They say, go and, and multiply, be fruitful and multiply, have children. And so suddenly the, the kingdom of God is not just in a, in a garden, not just with two people. Now it's with a family. And if we track that family forward, we watch as God actually sets that family aside during a massive flood and protects them and guides them to safety. And when we keep tracking with the story, we see God blessing, walking with, talking with a man named Abraham. And Abraham, well, he's the father of many nations. And so God takes this family and expands it into many nations. He says, look, I want you to bless the world. I want you to bless the whole world, be a blessing to many nations. Well, God's people, they decide they want a king. And so what it ends up being is not so much, I'm going to bless the whole world. They kind of take the blessing and they sort of keep it to themselves to a certain extent. And they create a a people. Uh, They create the the Israelites, God's people. And then that kind of becomes a culture, the Jewish culture, the Hebrew culture. And then it's expanded even beyond that. And it's expanded when Jesus comes. And Jesus gives us this great commission. After he walks this earth, he lives and guides us. He directs us. He shares with us his teachings. He shares with us the true heart of the Father. When Jesus himself is here, and he is the perfect example of who God has always been, he says, now go forth into all the world, not just near, but far, and teach the world what I have taught you. Show them what I've shown you. Baptize them in the name of the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus takes the kingdom of God, which started with God and was given to man and woman, which was given to a family, which was given to a nation, And he expands it far beyond that. And he says, take it into the whole world. Racism as a word is not in the Bible. But the concept of racism is antithetical to everything that is God's kingdom. We need to realize that God's kingdom is opening, it's expanding, and it's inviting. Racism is all about exclusion. And it's exclusion based on something as silly as the color of your skin. God's kingdom is not about exclusion. It's about including everyone, including those who are lost. Jesus tells so many parables about a lost sheep or a lost coin. He talks about the heavens rejoicing when that lost one is found. And so God's kingdom is so inviting. It's so open. It's so expanding. It's so expansive that it is even out there looking for those who are lost. And so while the word racism may not show up in your scriptures or mine, trust me when I tell you, 
And I invite you to dialogue with me, with each other. Racism does not work with the kingdom of God. Have a wonderful day. Hi, this is Pastor Nick. Thanks for listening. I hope something that you heard today was very helpful. If you want to connect with us further, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, kanoichurch.org. Sure, I'm glad we're in this together. Thank you.